Um, Sunday before last, uh, we began, preached a message on this from this fourth chapter of Mark concerning the parable of the sower. Um, the sower, uh, the seed, and the soil. And uh, we begin to talk about this parable and what Jesus said here and what he taught in this parable. And Jesus made a statement to his disciples about this particular parable. And this was, um, you know, as he was beginning to teach um, the people in parables, up until this particular time, mostly Jesus was was we see him ministering to people and healing the sick and performing miracles and things. and um, But here he gets in a boat there on the Sea of Galilee, and by the seaside he begins to teach the, um, the multitudes. And so he taught them many things, the Bible said, in parables. And this is a particularly important parable because Jesus told his disciples and those with him there, he said that if you can't understand this parable, you won't get any of it. This is the, this is the foundational parable teaching of the kingdom of heaven. And he said, you've got to get this. And so you've got to understand this. So this parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil is a key parable. If we can't get this, forget the rest of it, all right? But this parable is about the, the various ways in which the Word of God is received into the individual hearts uh, of people. It's the various different ways, not different kinds of seed, amen, but different ways the seed is received. Not different ways that it's sown, not different methods of sowing, but it's different ways the seed is being received by the people. So the main truth that Jesus taught in this parable of the sower was, He said in verse 9 and verse 23 and 24, He said, Be careful how you hear. Hearing is important. What you hear is important. How you hear is important. And, and how you hear is as important as what you hear. Because how you hear determines whether the seed or the Word of God is going to produce in your life or whether it's going to do you any good at all. So there's a right way to hear and there's a wrong way to hear. Jesus said in verse 9, He said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's in Mark chapter 4 verse 9. He said again in verse 23, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus said, speaking to the churches, uh, the seven churches of Asia Minor in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So Jesus is making it very clear to us that it's important that we hear, that we hear right. And when he's talking about he that has an ear to hear, let him hear, he's not, not only referring to these appendages on the side of your head, all right, but he's referring to your spiritual hearing. 
how you hear, how you respond to the Word of God when it's preached, when it's taught, when you read it, and uh, you know how you listen, how you listen. And this is this is this is uh, this is the prominent teaching Jesus is given here in this parable because he said he said in verse number three the first thing that he said was the King James says hearken the new King James says listen exclamation point listen he's trying to get their attention and get them to lit, to listen I made mention um, a couple of Sundays ago you know you have every right as a con- as the congregation this church every right to expect me your pastor to come before you on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights for me to be prepared to teach and to preach and to minister the Word. I, I don't want to stand behind the pulpit at any point in time without having heard from the Lord and have a message from the Lord and having prepared myself in prayer and study and preparation to feed you the Word of God. Amen. You have a right to expect that from me. And in the same way, I this is what I feel, that I also have a right to expect you to prepare yourself to come and to hear and to receive what I'm going to give to you, all right? Amen? And, 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 and that's such an important part about hearing the gospel or coming to church. We come to church. We come to worship the Lord. We sing praises to Him. We worship Him. And that's, that's a part of it. But the worship prepares us, and you've heard me say this many times, that the, the worship prepares the ground and prepares the soil of our hearts so that it's fertile and it's it's plowed and it's moist and it's ready to receive the seed of the Word of God. Amen. So you are to prepare yourself when you're getting ready to come to church. I mean, when you're getting ready to come, Lord, I'm expecting to receive something from your word today. I want you to teach me something today. Lord, open my ears. Let me hear. Let me listen. Say something to me. Amen. And I believe that if you will come with that kind of a, 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 of a spiritual attitude and with that kind of a prayer, that if you'll come that way expecting God to speak to you, God will speak to you. I don't know how many times that I've had people over the years of ministry to come to me. And, and, and just even since you know we've been pastoring here at Abundant Life, that people would come and say, say you didn't know it today or you didn't know it tonight, but you you ministered what I needed to hear. I I, I was thinking I you know uh, the other night Wednesday night we taught on uh, on we're teaching on Hezekiah and I taught on his letter from the devil and the hate mail from the devil and and I when I was studying that again I couldn't help but remember Mark uh, the the morning I preached on that over at the other church that uh, brother Mark I had not talked to him he had stopped and got a letter. Uh, on the way to church that morning, I hadn't had any conversation with him at all, but I preached that message when you get a letter from the devil. And I, and, I, and I was going over some of my old notes of that message, and I started the message out by saying, you know, you may have got a, uh, uh, some bad news from the devil today. You may have got a letter from the devil today. And I had no idea, but I was ministering to him. 
Amen. And when he told me about it after the service, you know, I, I just thank the Lord. That is what happens when the pastor is yielded to the Holy Ghost. Nobody can do that unless they have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost knows what you need. The Holy Ghost knows how to give me what you need. Come on, amen. So you need to prepare yourself when you come to the house of God to be ready to hear, to listen. You have ears, let's hear. And that's what Jesus was saying to these people. He was saying, you know, kind of like the truckers say on the CBs, do you have your ears on? Have you got your ears on? Are you listening to what the Holy Spirit says to us today? Amen? And that's why Jesus taught in parables. He taught to reveal truth to us. He wanted these folks that he was teaching to understand some things. He wanted to reveal truth to them. He said to them in verse 11 that it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus saw these individuals and he saw the hunger. His disciples, he saw the hunger that they had for the truth. They wanted the truth. And this is why he taught in parables. Because teaching in a parable, those who really want to know what it means will come to the Lord and inquire and say, open that up to me. Tell me what that means. I want to know what that means. And that's what his disciples did. He said to them, you know, he told them, he said that he who, he who has more, in verse 25, he said, who, who, whoever has, to him more will be given. But to whoever does not have, even that which he has shall be taken away. That's a spiritual, that's a spiritual principle throughout the Word of God. What does it mean? It means that if you have a hunger for spiritual truth, if you have a hunger for the Word of God, and if you have a willingness to obey that spiritual truth and to act upon that spiritual truth, that God will reveal His Word to you, He'll show you, He'll, he'll give you His truth, and that, he, and that you will also get more truth. Amen. You'll get more light. You'll get more blessing. But you have to be spiritually hungry you have to have a hunger for truth oh god that i could that i could that i could somehow get everybody here at abundant life family church to get a, a, an insatiable hunger and thirst for the truth of god's word to where we just can't get enough of god's word that is what jesus is looking for today he's looking for men and women he's looking for teens He's looking for young people and old people. He's looking for individuals who are hungry for spiritual truth and who have a willingness to obey the truth. He's looking for individuals today that have their hearts open for the seed of the Word of God to be sown there, who are teachable, who want to learn, hallelujah, who want more and more and more and more and more of Him, hallelujah, amen. Truth not received, truth that is not welcomed, truth that is not acted on is going to be taken away. That is what Jesus was telling them here. If you don't want the truth, nobody's going to force it down. God is not going to force it on you. He was saying you've got to want it. The more you want it, the more will be given to you. But if you don't want it and you don't hear it and you don't act upon it, you will lose even what you had. That's 
That's what Jesus was teaching. You know, we, we say it all the time. Use it or lose it. That's the spiritual principle that he gave when they asked him about, these, about this parable of the sower. You know, the very reason in, during, the, uh, during the tribulation period after the rapture of the church. You know, I hear people, I've heard people say this before. Well, I know enough about the Lord and I'm, I know enough about the Bible that I, if I miss the rapture, I would never take the mark of the beast. I would never follow the Antichrist. I would never do anything like that. But do you know that, that Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that the very reason those who will follow the Antichrist, those who will be deceived by the man of sin, the reason that they will believe the lie, the reason that they will follow him is because they would not receive the love of the truth. They rejected the truth. Listen, anytime we push away the truth, anytime we reject the truth, the only thing which the truth that God's word is light what's left the only thing is left is darkness why why you know that's the problem you know when, when we push the, when we push God and the word of God out of the school system when we push the word of God and God out of our government everywhere that we exclude God and exclude his word and say we don't want that anymore then you're turning off the light and all that's left is darkness and how great Jesus Jesus said, if the light that is in you becomes darkness, how great is that darkness? So we, you know, those people that, that missed the rapture, that, 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 that had the truth and heard the truth, but wouldn't obey the truth, wouldn't follow Christ, didn't have a love for the truth of God's Word, could just take it or leave it. They weren't concerned about it. They will be the ones that will be deceived by the Antichrist. And what I'm trying to tell you is, what we need to make sure of is we make the rapture that we love Jesus that our hearts are prepared to receive the word of God that we have ears to hear what the spirit is trying to say to the church in these last days and ladies and gentlemen we are in the last of the last days Jesus I don't care what anybody says or what anybody else thinks Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon and I don't want to be called unaware. Hallelujah. Woo. If you have ears to hear, we need to hear. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So Jesus says, Jesus said, hearken, listen, behold. If you've got ears to hear, let's hear. Desire the truth, to know the truth. So there are three things that determine a crop. Can't have a crop of any kind without three things. You got to have seed. You got to have somebody to sow the seed and plant the seed because seed doesn't plant itself. Come on, somebody. Amen. A lazy farmer dies because he doesn't have a crop. He can have a barn full of seed and say, seed, go out there and get in that field. But it isn't going to do it. He's going to have to get out there by himself and plant the seed. You have to have the seed, you have to have someone to sow the seed. And there has to be soil to put the seed in by the sower so that it will grow. Now, we, we discovered a couple of weeks ago, which is no big revelation, but we found out what the seed is. We dealt with the seed. 
What is the seed that Jesus is talking about? It's the Word of God. How do you know that, Pastor Rick? Because he said so. Amen. He said so. He explained this parable to his disciples, and he told them exactly what the seed was. He said in verse, verse number 14, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. In Luke's, uh, in Luke's um, um, rendition of this parable, uh, Luke says that this very plainly the seed is the word of God. So the seed is the word. We we found out that seed seed has life in it. Seed is a mirac- a seed is a miraculous thing. God has put the germ of life in that seed. Something that only God can do and only God can give is life in that seed. Amen? And we found out, too, that this is God's incorruptible seed. Peter said that the Word of God is the incorruptible seed of God. This Word, this book. So the Bible, the Word of God, is seed. There's something miraculous about this book. There's something miraculous about this this book that I hold in my hand tonight and that is that it pulsates with life this is not just some dead letter but this is the living breathing word of almighty God these black covers do not contain the word of God but this is the word of God it's immutable it's infallible the word it is the truth there's no other truth outside of this book Amen. Hallelujah. Let God be true and let every man, let every devil be a liar. Amen. The Word of God, the writer of Hebrews says, is a living, powerful thing, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Only life can produce life, and there is life in the Word of God. And I preached it to you a couple of weeks ago. When we sow the seed of this Word, there is a miracle. If you receive it into your heart, there, is, there are miraculous things that takes place. Because the the living seed of God's Word planted in the fresh, fertile, moist soil of your heart, watered, fertilized, believed, will transform your life. It will bring life to you. It will change you. It will cause the new birth. It will bring healing. It will bring blessing. It will bring victory. There's life in this book, the seed of the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you how important the seed is, church. If I could get this across to everybody, how important the seed is, how important it is that it's sown, how important it is you get it in your heart, my Lord. Hallelujah. It will change your life forever. I'm going to tell you what. This book right here has changed my life. I heard some amens there. I believe it's changed some other lives here too. It's the seed of the Word of God, the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. But there will never be a crop unless that seed is sown. It's not enough to plow, to weed, fertilize water. You've got to sow the seed. You've got to get the seed in the soil. You've got to get the Word 
off the page and into your heart. You agree with that? This, this book won't do you no good just carrying it under your arm. It won't do you no good setting it on the coffee table. You know, preachers coming to visit, get the Bible out, set it on the coffee table so they think we've been reading. <laughs> no, that won't do you no good. You got to get the seed out of the barn and get it planted in your heart. Amen? And I believe it's something that we need to do every single day of our life because there's power in the Word of God. We talked about the miracle working power of the seed um, week, before la- week before last. And it's just it's mind-boggling what a seed will do. I read the scriptures to you earlier at the beginning of this service where God said in Isaiah 55 that as the rain comes down, the snow comes down from heaven, and it, it does what God has sent it to do. He said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Amen. The thing in which I sent it. So the word of God, God will stand behind his word. His word will not return to him void. It will accomplish something. It will do something. It will have an effect on our life. Amen. So we talked about that power of the word, the power of the seed, the power of the seed of God's Word. But then there has to be something else. There's something else that determines the crop, that determines what happens. And that other, that other element here that is involved is there has to be someone to plant the seed. There has to be a sowing of the seed. There has to be a sower. Jesus said, a sower went forth to sow. Amen. Now, who is the sower? The seed's the word, so who is the sower? Um, well, the Bible said in Matthew, in Matthew 13, 37, Jesus was giving, this was Matthew's um, part of this and what, what he said about this parable. But he said that the sower was the Son of Man or the Lord Jesus. Jesus was busy sowing seed. He was preaching the gospel. We found that out at the beginning of the series in Mark that he went preaching the, the kingdom of God. He went preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was sowing seed everywhere. Everywhere he went, he was sowing seed. Not all of it was falling on good ground. That's what he was trying to teach the, his disciples here because, you know, he didn't want them to get discouraged. Because the thing was, he was doing all this teaching, and he was coming against so much, having so much opposition coming against him. The Pharisees hated him. They didn't believe him. The Sadducees didn't like him. They didn't believe him. The scribes were against him. The chief priests, all of these people, the elders of the church, they were all against him. They wouldn't believe him. They, they, they said that he had bells above. They said he had a devil. They didn't believe anything that he said. And so Jesus was telling his disciples, I'm going to keep sowing seed. I'm sowing some of the seed that we're sowing. Some, and this is what he was saying to them. Some of the seed that we're sowing is falling on the wayside soil, which we'll find out a little later. It's just hard soil. It does no good to put seed on that hard soil. And he said the fowls of the air come and they devour it up. Some of it's falling on, 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 on some stony ground that doesn't have much depth. Some of it's falling among the thorns and it's getting choked out by the pleasures of life and other things. But he said here was the thing though that he was trying to encourage them with. We're sowing this seed and a lot 
lot of the seed we're sowing is not coming, amounting to anything. But there is some of the seed that is falling on good ground. There is some that will bring forth a harvest. There is some good that is being done. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's sowing it everywhere. Well, that was Jesus. But you know what? Jesus sent the 12 out and made them sowers and gave them seed to sow. Jesus sent the 70 out and made them sowers. And after the resurrection, he says, As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Can I tell you something this evening, Abundant Life Family Church? I am looking at some sowers of seed tonight because the Lord has made you a sower and me a sower. Somebody said, Preacher, you're the sower. You're the one to sow the seed. I'm sowing the seed. But you know what? You're a sower too. You're a sower. All God's children are sowers. Come on. We are all supposed to take the seed of the Word of God and be sowing that seed into the hearts of people everywhere we go. Well, Brother Rick, it's not doing any good. Some of the seed will fall by the wayside, but if you'll sow and sow and sow and sow, and so some of it will get in to some good ground and will do some good to somebody's life. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I feel like Saturday night live. <laughs> Praise God. I'd rather be Saturday night live than Sunday morning dead any day. So the seed, listen, the seed's got to have some sowers to sow it. It has to be sown. It's no value in the barn, no value in the hand, no value in your bag. It's got to be planted in the soil. You got to go. A few months ago, I preached on a Sunday night from Psalm 126.6, preached on the the psalm of the sower. The psalm of the sower is, in that verse, says, He that goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So he says that the sower has got to go forth. See, you've got to go. You can't, spell, you can't spell gospel unless you spell go. You can't spell God unless you spell go. Amen? And so that's what he's told us to do is to take the seed and to go and to sow the seed. I really feel like that's where we miss it so much. I think that this is what the Holy Spirit is is telling us here tonight that we've got to take that seed and that doesn't mean you just go out and everybody you run into you grab them by the nap of the neck and preach a sermon to them. Amen? Turn or burn. You're going to hell. You know? Doesn't mean that. But every opportunity that you get you plant a little bit of a seed oh hallelujah I'm about to shout a little bit of the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ into somebody's heart and life you're sowing some seed amen I I did a wedding last was it last Saturday last Saturday I did a wedding but an old friend of mine a a, a gentleman that I uh, well we, we grew up together in South Cape and and uh, known him all, almost all my life. He went to school too, with grade school with Vicky. But he contacted me here a while back and wanted to know if I would perform his wedding. And and uh, that he was wanting to get married. And 
I said, uh, well, give me a call. So I talked to him, and I agreed to do it. So anyway, somebody said, well, you know, if he's not saved, um, why would you even do that? Well, it, give, it did give me an opportunity to do some sowing. Amen. It did give me an opportunity to sow some seed because I don't know how many of you all have ever been to one of my wedding ceremonies, but I preach the gospel pretty much to that couple when I'm performing that ceremony. Nobody gets by me in a wedding without getting the gospel sown into their heart. Come on, somebody. Amen. I went to one wedding. I'd never been to a wedding at a courthouse before. I went to one wedding at a courthouse, and that was the biggest near nothing that I've ever seen in my life. There was no mention of Jesus. There was no scripture. There was nothing about God. There was nothing about the the, the beginning and how God did the first. There was nothing. It was just do you, will you, yes, yes, okay, it's done, sign the paper, goodbye, five minutes, it's over. I'd much rather have that couple to come to a Holy Ghost-filled preacher and stand up before me and let me give them the gospel in that ceremony. But anyway, anyway, I, I didn't have this intended to talk about this, but the Holy Spirit's just prompting me. So they came. It was just him and her, their two witnesses, and, and her sister that came here to the church. We, Vicky and I just made it as nice as we could for them. She, she, this girl had never been married before. And um, she wanted to wear her wedding dress. I said, that's fine. Wanted to walk down the aisle. I said, that's great. We can do it. And um, so we, we made it as nice as could be. And I, when I had met with her, I talked to her about doing the unity, the sand ceremony. And um, she'd never heard of it. I mean, she'd never, she didn't know anything. So we talked to her about that. Well, she went to looking for that, and she found the, this unity cross that Gary and Iris had done at their wedding. And so she called me. She said, uh, she was asking me about that. I said, I, I did that one time. I said, you know. And uh, so I'm thinking in the back of my mind, you know, these, this couple doesn't know the Lord. And this unity cross thing is pretty much for Christians. But I thought, you know, that's fine if that's what they want to do. So they brought that and they came and we did the ceremony. But here was the thing. When we got to that unity cross, that, that couple standing before me with those pieces of that cross as we put it together, I got to explain to them how Jesus, oh, how that cross and those three pegs and those nails represented Jesus dying on that cross and how that Jesus would have to be the foundation of their relationship and how Jesus is the one that would have to put them together and how Jesus was the one that would make their wedding and their marriage a success. Can I tell you something? Did they get saved? No, but I can tell you one thing they both had tears in their eyes the spirit of the Lord was dealing with their hearts I'm talking about every opportunity that we have to get some seed in the soil praise God one plants another one will come along in water but God Almighty will give the increase hallelujah come on amen oh hallelujah sow that seed sow that seed we must get that gospel 
out every opportunity that we have. Now, all soil is different. There's different soils in this service tonight. Agree with that? Everybody doesn't have the same soil. I would be, as a pastor, my prayer would be that every heart here would be good ground, would be receiving the Word, and it would bring forth fruit. But I know from the Word of God that that's not the case. Soil is all different. And I can't tell by standing up here and looking at y'all what kind of soil you got. Are you with me? I'm not, God didn't call me to take soil samples. He called me to preach the gospel and to sow the seed. And so I'm not, I'm not here, you know, to try to figure out what kind of soil you have. And, and a lot of times we think that when we're, when, we're, when we're dealing with an individual, we'll think, well, you know, ain't no need in preaching on that. Devil say, ain't no need in preaching about that. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to receive that anyway. Ain't nobody there needs that. But I don't know the soil. Amen? Devil will say, ain't no good in talking to that person about the, about the Lord. You know that, how hard they are. You know how mean they are. They're hard-hearted. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not here to take any soil samples. I can't tell by looking at you on the outside what kind of soil you got or heart you got on the inside. And the Lord didn't tell me to judge your soil. He just said, scatter the seed and sow the word and preach the gospel and the seed and the soil will get together and if the soil is right the seed will produce I can't make the seed produce you can't make the seed produce but the seed will produce if you'll get it in some good ground it'll do the work so I don't know my job's to get the soil out it's hard for me to tell if someone's well, sometimes you can tell. Hey, <laughs> man, sometimes, let me say, sometimes you can tell. I was preaching revival in a church here a couple of years ago, and I said something, I said something, buddy, when I, when I made the statement that I made, there was one old billy goat sitting over here on this side of the church. Wasn't here, it was in a different church. And, 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 <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> As soon as I said what I did and had no intention to say, the Holy Spirit just spoke through me, and I said it. And this boy, this this old guy, he started shaking his head. He started. I said, I thought I had stirred up some devil somewhere. He was mad as a hornet that I could tell that was not good soil. Amen. I had the same experience here preaching a Listen, can you imagine this? Preaching a funeral here a while back, a few months ago. was at the funeral home preaching a funeral. And I don't know what I said. I thought everything I was saying was pretty good. I was trying to comfort folks and encourage folks. 
you know, tell them, you know, their, their loved one, which, whom I knew was, was a Christian, and where they were at. And there was this dude sitting there. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's hard to preach when you're, when you're, number one, you're in a room full of strangers to begin with. Easy to preach here, amen. But, but you're in a room full of strangers to begin with, and then you're preaching a funeral message, and, and you're trying to encourage people, and there's some dude sitting there just going, thinking, Jesus, help me here. Take the wheel, Lord. What's going on? I could tell that soil wasn't right. Amen? But for the most part, a lot of times you can't tell because people can sit in a Pentecostal church and they can nod in the affirmative. <laughs> and they can smile and they can nod and they can say, Amen, Brother Rick, preach. And the whole time, they ain't getting a thing, Brother Rick's saying. They're, they're, they're thinking about something else. They're planning something else. The whole time, they're saying, come on, preach, preacher, preach, pastor. And they're saying, hurry up, pastor. Get it done so I can go. I've got something better to do. I can't tell sometimes by looking at what's going on, whether the, whether the soil is right or whether the soil is wrong. Can I get an amen? Some will be sitting there with their head bowed and their eyes closed in deep meditation at least that's what you think until they start snoring on you come on somebody and then you realize there's something wrong with this soil somewhere I ain't getting no help here tonight come on amen Hallelujah! see you don't know what soil out here is receptive and I don't know what soil is receptive but the Lord knows what soil is receptive and what isn't but our task of proclaiming the Word of God is determined by the command of God, not by the condition or the reception of the soil that the seed falls on. Amen? If everybody there in that church has wayside, hard-hearted soil, I'm still commanded of God, amen, to preach the uncompromising Word of God Almighty. Come on, amen? We got to scatter it. We got to sow it. You know, those, those, those farmers in Bible days, they didn't have the equipment that farmers have today to go out, you know, and that, those planters, however they work, that, that puts that seed down in that soil. The only way they had, they had to broadcast that seed. They had to scatter that seed. That's how they sowed it. That's how they sowed the seed. Amen? And so they went and they sowed it everywhere. It was all kinds of soil that it fell on. It may not all produce it may not all bring forth a crop but some of it will find good ground that's the thing that keeps me going that's the thing that keeps me preaching can I get an amen that's the thing that keeps me coming back to the pulpit time after time after time because there may be some that I see fall away there may be some that I see love the world more than they do God and the devil says you're not doing any good but all oh, them every once in a while there's that one that comes and say preacher you don't know how you've blessed and helped me to grow in my walk with God and I say praise God there's some good soil I'm going to keep on sowing the seed of the word of God go ahead and give the Lord a hand amen 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I say tonight, everyone, not everyone's going to hear. Not everyone's going to receive. Jesus says one out of four is good ground. So if 25% of the preacher's listeners respond favorably to the word, then that may, and that may be a rather high response. Many times it could be less than 25%. But if there's 25%, if one out of every four of you here in this service tonight is getting something out of me sowing this message, then it's worth it all. I'll say this, if it's lower than that and one person gets something, it's worth my time, my praying, my studying, my effort, praise God, the breath in my lungs to get that word out if it helps one. If there's one heart, and that's the way you've got to look at that. God says, go ye, sow ye the word of God. Amen? Just keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. Don't get discouraged. Sunday school teacher, keep sowing that seed. When we wonder, well, where are they this week? You know, where? Well, how come they haven't dropped out of Sunday school? Amen. Sister Denise, keep sowing that seed. Brother Jim, keep sowing that seed. Amen. Youth pastors, Sister Sandy, hallelujah, you keep sowing that seed. Hallelujah. You're responsible for one thing. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Come on. It's up to them to respond and to let it get into their heart and produce a crop. Amen. Hallelujah. Children's ministry. Workers, amen, keep sowing that seed into the hearts of those kids. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, listen, the seed that's sown into those. You know, my wife teaches the nursery Sunday school class. You'd think, well, they don't understand nothing. But she teaches them a lesson every week. And I'm sure there's times that she thinks, they're not getting it. But, but they do, don't they, Bo and Natalie? They do. They do sigh. Well, every once in a while come up with stuff that, he's, that, that Miss Vicky has taught him in Sunday school. Amen. What's she doing? She's sowing some seed. Oh, glory to God. It's getting in some hearts. And do you know what? Those young kids, those young children, their lives will be forever changed if we can get the seed of the Word of God into their hearts. It will change them. Pray for them that that seed, that seed will get in there. I'm glad we had church tonight. I'm having... I feel the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Saturday Night Live. We wonder. We wonder. Is it doing any good? i got to bring this to a close. Let me tell you something. I want you to get this. What happened? When we're sowing the seed and we don't see the results that we think we should see. That happens, does it not? Sure it does. But when results are few, 
when we're not seeing the production that we want to see. Hear me. Whatever you do, don't change the seed. Hallelujah. I'm getting a couple of I'm getting a couple of amens and a couple of Church of Christ nods. So let's keep it going. Amen. Don't change the seed. Because here's the thing we got to get. The soil must conform to the seed. The seed is not to conform to the soil. But that's the problem that we see in a lot of ministries and a lot of churches today because preachers say, my people won't take that kind of preaching. You don't know how my people are. So they change the seed instead of saying, all right, I'm giving you the seed. you got to conform to the seed because the seed ain't changing. The seed stays the same. If your heart's heart, it'll reject the seed. If, you're, if your heart has is, is got thorns in it, it'll choke out the seed. But I ain't changing the seed. You can believe it. You can live it. You can reject it.